I'm Kate Northrup. And I'm Mike Watts. And we're partners in life, love, and business. Welcome to the Kate and Mike Show, where we share insights and interviews on entrepreneurship, relationships, parenting, self-actualization, and making a life, not just a living. Welcome to the Kate and Mike Show. This is Kate. This is Mike. I should like tighten my microphone before I get on the podcast. Hi, welcome. Thanks for being here with us. It's always a pleasure. Always a pleasure. (laughs) Oh my God. The mornings are out of control. I know. There's a lot of requests. A lot of requests. There might be, I might want to track this in the future, but I bet you between Penelope and Ruby, there are... Probably 200 requests in the first two hours of the day. They need a lot of things. Yeah. (laughs) Which is actually a good segue to our episode today. I just want to get right into it and talk about getting better at being uncomfortable. So increasing our capacity to be with discomfort. I think that this pandemic and the racial awakening, racial justice awakening and all the things that are still happening in people's lives in the midst of it that are uncomfortable, family drama, physical pain, unknowns, you know, estranged loved ones, working out, you know, that's uncomfortable, right? All the different things that we have, your child asking you for a hundred million things before 7 (laughs) a.m. Your company shutting down, you being laid off, trying to find new locate. Yeah, and it's like a different time since I've been alive for sure, because all of this stuff is all happening at one time. And a lot of us, most of us are still sitting at home, you know, or not sitting at home, but like our life of the hustle and the constant, like checking out in many ways that we could do it, whether it's like taking our kids to four different sports or taking them on trips or whatever that is, is, is kind of come to a pause. And now there's the ramp up of, especially if you watch them, you know, read the news in the United States, it's like shutdowns are starting to happen again, right? Of states that opened and now they're shutting down again because of numbers, et cetera. So yesterday I was on a call with two of the women on our team, Chandra and Takesha, talking about our plans for upcoming retreats, which were planned to be in person and just you know, how are we navigating? What are we planning? What's our contingency plan? All of that. And at the end of it, I just said to them, I was like, ladies, this sucks. <laughs> like, I was just like, I do not want to be in this position of not being able to make a decision because there are so many question marks. And I, of course, I'm here for it, right? I'm stepping up as a leader to do that. But I just really wanted to acknowledge that like, ah, it's uncomfortable. And this is still happening. We still don't know. There's still so much that is a big question mark and and so much of it is out of our control. So Mike and I wanted to share some things that we've been practicing and that we've learned about to increase our capacity to be with discomfort. But what I want to say first is that the big lie is that the goal is comfort. Right. So I think that's where we need to start to just say, okay, whether it is running your business, doing your job, parenting, whatever, I think the the lie is, oh, buy this thing and then you'll feel good forever. 
do this thing and lose this weight and then you will will no longer feel the ache of being human you know find the love of your life and then you won't ever have to feel a negative emotion drink some coffee which p.s right now i'm fasting because i'm getting blood work done this morning I'm not having my coffee until afterwards. I will say that having a cup of coffee right now would feel like it would solve all my problems, but it's a lie. <laughs> like <laughs> I know the whole easy button idea is a lie. I mean, I'll never forget, you know, I grew up with body image stuff and like many humans, especially women in the United States. And I was kind of a chubby kid. And then I just had, you know, this idea that if I could just get to a certain size, like if I could just have visible abs that like I would be somehow, you know, you've be- made it better or happier yeah. or whatever. And then I did that. We did this crazy nutrition fitness program before our wedding and I had visible abs. And when I look back at the pictures, I'm like, oh my God, I can't believe what my body looked like. And yes, was our wedding day one of the happiest days of my life? Yes, it had nothing to do (laughs) with the size of my body. I definitely would have been just as happy at the size I currently am. It's just like, it's such bullshit, the illusion that something or someone is going to relieve us of our humanity. Like we are supposed to feel. And so I think the goal should not be to feel better. The goal should be at least mine. And I'm not going to tell you what you need to do. But my goal or my practice, I'll say, because it's not really like there's no end point. But my practice is, can I be with what I'm actually feeling more? Not how can I not feel this, but how can I actually feel this more? And so that's what we want to talk about today. It's going to help you be more present. It's going to help you improve your relationships. It's going to help you to be in your business because growing a business is inherently uncomfortable. And it will certainly help in this odd historical moment that we are all experiencing right now and the intersections of all the things. So you're saying, okay, with what you just said, like the last part, it's going to help you be more like, what do you mean by that? So it's like the happier you become, you're going to be more happier? No. It's to f- actually be more present to what I'm feeling rather than try to change what I'm feeling. Okay. Got it. Mm-hmm. Right. Okay. So I'll tell you some things that we can just go back and forth sharing tips. Oh, well, what do they call that? Tag team in. Okay. Okay. It's tip ping pong. So tip ping pong. Tip ping pong. All right. Good. So one of the things that I've been doing ever since the pandemic hit is the class by Taryn Toomey. I do their digital live streaming five to six days a week. And what I love about it, and Taryn has spoken very publicly about her work needing what she is doing to do better around diversity, inclusion, and equity in the wellness space and has very publicly admitted some of her mis- mistakes with that and she's doing better. So I do, I'm saying this as a caveat because the minute I signed up, I noticed that there was not a lot of diversity in the teachers. And I was like, okay, what's happening? Not a ton of diversity in body shape, 
not a ton of diversity in body size and not a ton of diversity in terms of skin color. Anyway, so that's one thing. And also, the reason I'm saying this is because I've seen things floating around on the internet around the class. And just please don't email me and tell me. (laughs) That's basically what you're basically I'm saying, please do not send yeah. me a DM and tell me about Taryn Toomey's historical problematic behavior around whitewashing the wellness space. Okay. <laughs> Thank you. Yeah. Um, so, I mean, if you want to, you know, feel free, but I'm just saying. You're um, aware already. I'm You've aware. already I know. said the, what's going on. Exactly. There's no need to be notified of I've other been. I've, I noticed the first time myself. I didn't need to be notified because it was obvious. Right. And so here's a both and moment. And I think this is very helpful when we think about expanding our capacity to feel discomfort. I think it's a sister of expanding our capacity to sit with two things being true at the same time. So here's a both and moment. I have been obsessed with this workout because... It is a conscious practice every day in staying with myself when I feel uncomfortable. So it has these repetitive movements and they go on for a whole song. And then the teacher reminds you to stay. I mean, it's really that simple, but it's so profound. I just can't get enough. I crave it every single day. And so that's one of the things that I've been doing that I love, 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 love. It makes me feel so with myself and energized and strong. And during it, like if we're doing a whole song of squats or, you know, a whole song of burpees, I bring to mind something that I want to magnify, something that I want to amplify in my life or in the world. And I devote that discomfort or that the burn or the just the intensity or just the feeling, even if I wasn't going to give it a, you know, it's just a sensation, right? So I devote that sensation to the women in my mastermind and their goals or the women in the incubator and their goals or the Black Lives Matter movement or some goal that I have within my own business or something I'm, I'm working on breaking through in our own life. So I sort of devote the intensity to something and it helps me to know that the intensity has a purpose and the purpose is not to have us leave our bodies and run. The purpose is to alchemize something and to burn something up so that something new can be born. So that's my tip is the class. That was look. There's a lot of disclaimer around that, but <laughs> so check it out. And it could be any form of exercise, you know, and I do believe in exercise feeling good. So I'm not saying this is about punishment or, you know, no pain, no gain. The process of doing this workout feels really amazing in my body and it feels good in the way that pushing our edge of discomfort and expanding that capacity to stay with ourselves when we feel discomfort feels good. It's like, you know, I don't even want to say it hurts so good because there's no pain involved. It's just like that good feeling of like a darn good sweat where you stayed and let something burn. How about you, honey? 
So you would like me to share a tip on something that feels comfortable and uncomfortable at the same time? On something that's helped you expand your capacity to sit with discomfort, to feel, or what has expanded your capacity to feel what you're feeling? What has expanded my capacity to feel what I'm feeling? I would say this whole year and not because of what's been going on from the global perspective, but just what's been going on in my own life. And we'll talk more about this later on a different podcast episode. But basically, I started working with Raw in January. And we've talked a little bit about this already. Raw goddess. Raw goddess. And her assignment to me during this time was to do less in a way. And that means there's a lot of changes happening with our business behind the scenes a little bit right now. And we haven't spoken really publicly about that. When the time's right, we will. But it's been for me, the ability to just trying to figure out what is enjoyable in my life to do and like, what do I really like it doing and what's fun? And then also being kind of in this moment where I like to call it, like I'm still showing up in our company the way I need to show up, but there's this, I call it floundering. It's like you kind of just flounder around in a way. And that has what's been happening for the whole 2020 for me. And it feels very uncomfortable because I am so used to, I should say, the old mic is this constant being on the, what do they call it? The hamster wheel. And you just keep going and producing in the way that I have provided value in life to people is doing things for them and doing things for myself, but it's the constant movement of what that is. And so it's just like being in the space of like really feeling into the unknown because every single thing that happens, whether it was the Australian wildfires in January or it's post George Floyd's murder, post COVID right at the beginning, like there's this giant hype of donate your money, donate all your time, go out to everything, Go do all of these things. And so, like, if you think about just like every giant tragedy that is experienced in 2020, probably by July, you are worn out if like you dedicate your entire energy, right? And so, I have done that. And I think with my skin in 2018, my skin experience that I have went through and still on that journey, that was my first kind of awakening for it. And in a way that like a different awakening for me. And so that's continued into 2020 as well. So it has been this place to really feel and check in. What do I desire? Even when I go bike riding right now, can I do two at one time or do we have to bounce? Yeah. This kind of leads into. Oh, that's what I'm talking about now. Oh, okay. Oh, oh, you want practical tips? I'm sorry. I just was. No, no, you're doing great. I just, it required some context, but I am spacing out. I can see you're not even, you're like, okay. So (laughs) basically like a good example of this is like when I go to work out, right? I used to think, so I never took a CrossFit's an interesting example. I like resisted going to CrossFit classes for a long time. I was like, no, 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 no. And then I didn't even take a CrossFit class. I just went to watch the CrossFit games in California and like, haven't seen anything about it. Didn't know about it. But I flew to California to go to the CrossFit Games in 2015, I think. 2016. It was 2016. And then 
basically came back and started doing CrossFit class. So then I start working out like I, my first CrossFit class, I am going to the games. Like I was just like, I'm going to do this. I'm going to be a, 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 what's it called? A master's, which is ages over 35 to at that time it was 40 years old. And so I was like, okay, when I hit 40, I'm going to be trained, ready to go to the games. So it's every time I try to start doing something, I'm going to be the champion. When I started going back on my mountain bike in October, I used to, I was watching like these mountain bike championship races and I'm like, okay, I'm going to compete in mountain biking, you know, and like, I'm going to win the race. Like this is the mental mindset games that I play with myself. So it takes all the fun out of it. It just sucks all of the fun out of it. So really me being uncomfortable at this moment is asking myself, what is fun? Like, is this fun? What does fun look like? Because I watch our kids run around and like they find fun in everything. And then Ruby, we were at the bank yesterday and Ruby just like takes a magazine off the table, runs over to me, shows it to me. And then I said, okay, go put it back. She goes over close to the table and just throws it. And it was, it's epic. And like, she just throws it and her, she was wearing this like fun flowy shirt. So as she throws it, the flowy shirt goes, and then she just runs back to me. And then she takes the other magazine and just runs it over and just throws it. And then I was like, well, can you go put them back on the table? And then she runs over there and goes and puts it back on the table. But I'm like, what if I can do that in my life? Now necessarily, like I can't just go around throwing things. That's like, you know, unprofessional as a adult to man or something. But it's like, how do I incorporate that aspect? So, I've started to rethink that when I'm biking has been a good example. Kind of like what you share with a class. But as I'm on the trail, it's like, where do I want to go now? You know, do I want to keep going? And if it's like, no, I want to stop. Is it a legit, like I'm tired stop or it's just like kind of an excuse to stop? Or let's go for one more round. Like what feels fun on this aspect? And so, and also being with people because I've been biking with a lot of guys in the town now and that's been fun as well so i would say that has been as i've approached things it's more from the aspect and the process of fun instead of for work or there's a goal here or to make money type thing awesome i love that yeah i think for a lot of people expanding their capacity to feel discomfort is expanding their capacity to feel pleasure yeah. and fun Right. Because fun and pleasure have not been prioritized, have not been celebrated historically, right? And so, leaning into that is absolutely the same thing as maybe somebody else who has a tendency to pop out, you know, when they feel a challenge, you know? Like, I have people in my life who as soon as a workout gets, like, the tiniest bit challenging, like, they just quit. Mm -hmm. But I also know for myself... I'm the opposite where I will have a tendency to overdo and injure myself instead of knowing when it's time to quit. And mm -hmm. both of us are sort of having the same problem, but we're both abandoning ourselves. Yeah. Right. Same mm -hmm. different end of the same. Kate spectrum. doesn't cheat guys and gals. She is not a cheater. In terms of what? Just anything. Oh. <laughs> Especially working out. No. When we used to work out together. <laughs> It was, fun. it's funny. No, we have to follow this exact plan. Like it's pretty amazing. Yes. Yeah, it's good. I am a, um, in the Gretchen Rubin, you know, framework. I am for sure an upholder. Okay. So my next tip is actually about knowing where you are in time and space. And what I mean by that is 
I started to track my own cyclical energy ebbs and flows and the cyclical energy ebbs and flows of the cosmos of the moon and what's going on astrologically and also what's going on with the planet. I started really tuning into that four years ago as a source of solace during a time I felt tremendously out of control as a new mom when Penelope was a baby, when she was, well, coming into being a toddler. And when I say knowing where we are in time and space, what ends up happening inevitably is I have, you know, friends who will text me or leave me a voice memo and tell me (laughs) their marriage is falling apart. They hate their business. They completely suck their body. You know, they hate their business. No, this is extreme, but it's like a whole thing. Right. And then I'll say. I think everyone can relate to that. Yeah. Because you get to those moments. We we all have those moments. And I'll say to them, what day of your cycle are you on? And inevitably, it's like day 24, day 25, day 26, day 27. It's like the few days before they get their period. And that is our luteal. Yeah. So when you get your period, does it start over? Day one. Okay. Got it. Go ahead. So that is called the luteal phase. And the luteal phase is something that, yes, people with periods have a luteal phase, but we all, the luteal phase is a metaphor for the moment when everything comes up to the surface that's not working and it gets louder. So the luteal phase is the same energy as the postpartum period for people who have given birth. The luteal phase is the same energy as the autumn when some people have seasonal affective disorder. The luteal phase is the same energy as the as perimenopause. So a lot of women have a ton of big feelings around perimenopause. And for all of us, we have kind of this moment, this slump, if you will, in the afternoon. And a lot of people medicate it with sugar or coffee or caffeine or soda or just like around three or four in the afternoon, they're like dragging and they need, you know, it's like, I need I need a stimulant of some kind. And so now that's like a whole other conversation we could have about why maybe that's not the best way to go. But that's not the episode today. So that moment is really helpful to be able to, when you're in that moment, it's really easy to attach to it all and be like, oh my God, I do need to leave my marriage. I do need to shut down my business. I am ugly. My kids are assholes. (laughs) Like, you know, the whole thing, right? And it doesn't mean that what you're feeling is wrong. That's the other thing. We have a tendency to say, oh, you're just being hormonal, right? No, 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 it's real. Like those feelings are real. And as my friend Deb Kern said, our friend Deb Kern said, You can trust your feelings. You just can't trust the volume of them. And that was when I called her after Penelope was born one morning in the hospital at like 5 a.m. Just saying, I am having a total SOS. Like, I can barely make it through one minute. I don't know how I'm going to make it through the next, you know, 18 years with this child. And so she said, honey, you can trust your feelings. You just can't trust the volume of them. And I was in a very intense negativity bias moment because I was in that postpartum window, which is the autumn of a pregnancy. It's the luteal phase of a pregnancy. So the reason I am saying this is because when I have these feelings of intensity come up, it really helps me to know 
where my body is in my cycle and also what's going on cosmically. Like a few days ago, for example, there were so many communication breakdowns. <laughs> just like this thing, that thing, technology. And it was really not to use it as an excuse, but it was really helpful to know for me that it's Mercury retrograde and that we were coming in on a full moon lunar eclipse because it helped me to just say, okay, there's nothing wrong with me. Yes, I need to pay attention. Yes, I need to be conscious. Yes, I need to learn my lessons. However, I am part of this greater cycle My body is part of its own cycle. My emotions are impacted by that. So if we can locate ourselves in time and space with cyclical energy, it really helps so that you're not wasting time beating yourself up. Because if we want to expand our capacity to sit with discomfort or just to be with what we're feeling, beating ourselves up is not actually useful, helpful. I don't know that anybody has ever achieved what they wanted through beating themselves up exclusively. Actually, a lot of people have. Um, Yeah. But I don't think that the result was probably like when we get there through beating ourselves up, I don't think that the result can be really fully celebrated or integrated or accepted into our experience, right? It's like that I beat myself up there. Okay. Until I reach this goal. Now here I am. I just finished the race. Like now what's next? Like not right, allowing ourselves dissatis- to be dissatisfaction. Exactly. And that feeling of is this all there is? Right? Because let's face it, like life is pretty boring. You know, we get up, we make the meals, we clean up the kitchen again, we put on the tiny sandals again, we like need to shower and brush our teeth again, <laughs> make our beds Again, it's just like, oh, my God, I literally just did this. <laughs> and now you just empty the dishwasher again, right? But yes, it's boring. And now I've totally lost my train of thought. What did you just say, honey? Well, you were saying if you're trying, it's you're. Oh, dissatisfaction. Right. You're yes, talking about being. Is in this the all there right. is? Correct. Yes. This is all there is. And the way we make it so that it doesn't feel like, oh, my God, is this all there is, is learning to be with ourselves and actually being like, okay, here I am emptying the dishwasher. Here I am feeling irritated at my kids. Like, Mm -hmm. here I am, you know, snuggling into my cozy bed at night, like actually being there for that. And I was on a podcast yesterday. Something came to me, which is that we were talking about doing less and overworking. And I really realized like at the end of life for me, and I would imagine other people might feel the same way. What I want to feel like is that I was really there for my life. And there are so many ways to not be here. And so that's my goal and, or my, you know, intention, purpose, whatever practice. And so one of the things that really helps is that is locating myself in time and space and locating where I am with the energetic ebbs and flows of my body, the cosmos and the planet and nature. And so, cause our bodies are nature, by the way, we're not separate from it. And so my do less planner system is what I created for that. And it brings me peace every single day with the daily practices, the weekly practices, the monthly practices, the moonly practices, and the quarterly seasonal practices. So that planner, I'm so excited. It's been a long wait. It is available now, not for pre-order, 
but to actually order. So you can go over to katenorthup.com forward slash planner and you can go get your physical gorgeous do less planner and that will help you with being able to locate yourself in time and space so that you don't waste your precious energy beating yourself up simply because you didn't know about the luteal phase or you didn't know about what might happen with the new moon or you didn't know how to track your own ebbs and flows to make the most of them. Because the worst thing we can do or the biggest waste of time is to beat ourselves up for how we are. And what I'd much rather we did is actually embrace who we are and use it because the whole world has a lot to say about who we are and what we should be instead. But how about for ourselves and in our own planning practices, we actually embrace who we are and work with it instead of work against it. We get a lot more done with a lot less stress and have a lot of time and energy left over to be with ourselves and to be with the people we love. So that's my big one is the do less methodology and planner system. To add on to what you just talked about, I listened to Matt Frazier, who's won the CrossFit Games four times now in an interview recently, and he just said, he goes, you know, life got a lot better for me when I realized that I'm never going to have enough money. He just told himself, he goes, one day I thought $25,000 was going to be enough and I made it and then I wanted 50 and then I did 100, you know, and he's like, so I just gave up. I'm like, okay, well, I'll never be satisfied with the amount of money I make. Great. He just like moved on with it. And he said, it's not a concern for him anymore. And I was like, what a kind of a refreshing way to look at it where it's just like, okay, to just take out the anxiety of feeling that we have to continually strive for whatever the next goal is or whatever the next made up thing is. And for him, that was taking what dissatisfaction was to create satisfaction. That's really interesting. Yeah. Yeah. I was just listening to him talk about that, but I thought that was pretty cool. It's he just realized he became comfortable. It was like, you know, I've told myself for a long time. It's like my goal is to be comfortable in the uncomfortable or like, no, it's to be comfortable being uncomfortable where we try to run from. Cause like, think about this moment we're in right now and go, wow, I can't wait. You know, you hear it all the time. It's I can't wait till things get back to normal because right now so uncomfortable. But I bet you if we go back a year from now, I was probably pretty uncomfortable in many ways in my life that existed then too. But thinking now I'm thinking that's better or that that's more comfortable versus instead of saying like, okay, if if I can work through the uncomfortableness of what's experiencing this. The discomfort. The discomfort. Yeah. The uncomfortableness. Did I just make up a word? Is that made up? Mm -hmm. Add that to the dictionary. Mike Watts said that. But you know, being in the discomfort and in six months from now, It's like if I'm in that discomfort for the next six months, what's it going to look like? Like how will I be more comfortable with the situation as it's changing and navigating these waters that that we're going through? That's a big one. Good job. Thanks. Well, and I think there are times too, right? I mean, there are times when it is just, there are moments that are excruciating, right? And so I would never tell somebody who's in an excruciating moment of, of grief or physical pain or anger or whatever that it's, you know, I would never say to that person like, well, you need to get comfortable being uncomfortable. Right. Right. I mean, I've been, you know, both of us, if you're human, you've had these moments and you will, we will all have more of them that are just excruciating. 
anyway, I don't know. I mean, I think that's just part of being human and and here we are and right. you know, that's that's it, right? It's the agony of life and also like the ecstasy of life. But I do know that the more I can be with, look at, sit with the discomfort, the more ecstasy is available. Like that I for sure know. It was really interesting. I um, have been doing some EMDR long distance with my therapist and there's this app that you use. It's amazing. She controls it on her end and and I'm here in Maine. And so we've been just working working through some stuff. EMDR is a is a trauma healing modality. It was so fascinating to feel in my body after going into some emotions that I have been stuck and after expressing where they were stuck in my body, what it actually felt like. The whole process was pretty incredible. I like had this surge of like more pleasure afterwards. It was really weird and awesome. It was just kind of like this surge of almost like a turn on energy, which was wild. So I don't think I shared that with you, Mike. I can't believe I just shared it on the podcast, but here we are. And it's just amazing how our bodies work. Mm -hmm. You know, I was like, wow, that's so interesting. These pent up emotions Mm -hmm. were keeping my pleasure at bay. Mm -hmm. Milagros Phillips shared this to your origin community when I listened to the recording, but she did this demonstration. I'm not, we're not going to demonstrate it now, but she had people close their eyes and she kept saying the word racism, racism, racism. And you feel where that was in your body. And then you say, peace, peace, peace. And where that was in your body. And she talked about with racism is that most of the time it's like stuck energy. And a lot of the women, there was a few women that shared where that was. And I did the exercise along when they were doing it. And I could feel it stuck. It's like felt like you're just like it's holding heaviness, right? But when you were and it's like almost what you went through, you like re, you release that stuckness in whatever you were experiencing and then it allowed and opened up for that peace and that love to flow in right and so and then it's the thing to pay attention to is do we go back into that stuckness or do we try to cover up that pleasure and that enjoyment by being like oh my god i feel too good how do i bring myself down right and so yeah and so that was i think that's pretty cool that you like kind of move through that and then we're into that that yeah. place of yeah it's amazing yeah it was amazing so do you have any other practical tips mike for expanding our capacity to be with discomfort yeah and just like let's take kids for an instance example right like kids are (laughs) they're just they like create so much discomfort in a way right and like our children i'm not i don't know about your kids or if you don't have kids or whatever but just like our experience with children has been very for five years now right penelope's almost five coming up in September. And so it's been a constant work in process for me to be more comfortable when all they want to do is like, it's like constantly. Right. And 
even going to bed it's like penelope wants me to put her to bed then ruby now starts screaming about me putting her to bed you know so i don't know what that feels like for you i mean we've talked about this before but it's all like it's you know it's like pushing away mom who's there or whatever so for me it has been to i like in my head i don't want to deal with this right now i want to go do something else i want to like crawl in a hole i want to get away from my children stop asking me for things and what I've been trying to work on really in the, since, you know, we've had both kids home for a while now, Penelope's back at school, but in this moment is just the slowing down of it. Instead of me trying to rush to get out the door, just slow down for 30 seconds. It's when I feel myself getting like tight or the anxiety build up. It's like, look at Ruby and tell her, be like, you're going to be okay. What do you want to do? Let's hang out, right? You can sit up here on the window and wave to me as I go around, like creating that moment where it's like I match her energy and even I'm trying to do this new thing. I haven't had the opportunity to do it yet, but it's like when they're going nuts is I just sit on the floor and don't say anything and see what happens. I haven't been able to test this theory out yet, but it's just like I've done that. Does it what happens? They just move through their thing and I just work on keeping myself regulated. Oh, okay, cool. I find it. It's great. If I remember to do it. Yeah, right. That's the key is like remembering <laughs> to be in that space. So I think, and even yesterday I had like 15 minutes with Penelope when to pick up food from takeout and you know, it was so great. Like, and I noticed like it's when we are trying to like be on our phones and to do these other things. And it's like when we just let go of all those other things, and we're just there. It's a little bit easier. So I mean, that's, I would say that's kind of a big thing that's up for me right now, for sure. I will say, I think as a final tip, technology really prevents us from being with ourselves and expanding our capacity to feel what we're feeling Mm -hmm. because it is such an easy thing to pick up and scroll to numb. Mm -hmm. And then we miss out on a lot in the scroll. We miss out. Yes, we don't have to feel the discomfort we're feeling, but we also miss the connection with the person we're in front of or the insight we might have had that we won't have because we're scrolling. And so just some of the things that I practice and I am by no means perfect at this. So I struggle with it as well. But I have the in your if you have an iPhone, there's a screen time section under settings and I set my screen time for Instagram at 15 minutes. So it, it pops up and reminds me at 15 minutes. So then I'm it's like a pattern interrupt. And so if I'm typing a caption or like if I'm there to post, I continue doing that. But if I've gotten lost in the scroll, I put my phone down and mm. that's been really helpful. And then something we've talked about before is that we put our phones, we don't bring phones in the bedroom and they get plugged in in the kitchen. And I want to get back to being really good about my hard stop of like 7 30 p.m you know phone is just off yeah so those are some things that we practice i have a plug yeah oh yeah for those of you that are like well how do you set an alarm clock for your phone just buy one there's these things called alarm clocks it is by a battery operated alarm battery operated alarm clock because you don't want a lot of electronics around your head while you're sleeping electronic outlets electronic like all the stuff so Get a battery operated alarm clock and it can sit next to your bed or something that's with red light. If you have to buy a plug in one, it has to have red lights best for sleeping. Okay. So to kind of close this out to what you shared about earlier is the planning 
system that you've created. Since you have started to implement this planning system, this is before the planner was produced, there has been a dramatic change in the way that you've gone about operating your life and then also the way that you have shown up for yourself that I have witnessed. So that's been pretty cool because I remember a lot of times, you know, when we were on the road or in our life, like you just would, can I talk about your, your period for examples? I love these. Yes, I can because you're, sure. yeah. You know, it'd be like, we'd be traveling on the road and Kate would be like, I have to get tampons like right now. And I'm like, why? And I go, <laughs> I remember asking you the question, be like, doesn't this happen to you every month? Like, couldn't we be a little bit more prepared versus like, we're in the middle of Montana trying to find tampons, like, you know, 200 miles away from a store. And I just remember, like those days no longer exist where it's like, oh, this randomly well, thing happened. I've also switched to a menstrual cup, which I'm a huge fan of. We could have a whole other conversation about that. Maybe not you and I, but yeah, at some point I'm a menstrual cup evangelist. That's... So much better for the planet. I never have to buy tampons. So much better for my body. There are so many things that are amazing about it. Okay. So menstrual cup it up now. If you want to get a menstrual cup, you can go to putacupinit.com. They are not a brand, but there's a quiz that you can take and it will tell you exactly what the right cup is for you. This is so funny. Naming of things is so funny. Do you know what a cup is? Like I used to wear a cup. Well, honey, just because there's one kind of cup. I know. That is but it's such just... a man. Like that was like such a honey. A cup is something we drink out of. A cup is the shape right. of an object. I know. But no, I'm just saying how we name things. It's I find it funny because it's like, why is something that I put on my <laughs> cover, you know, wear for baseball, a protective cup? Why is that called a cup? Because it's the shape of the object. Oh, okay. That's why it's called a cup. Got it. All right. Anyway, back to it's been pretty cool to watch you as you've rolled out this planner system and to see you paying attention more to what's happening in your in your body and you're paying attention to when you want to work, when you don't want to work and being aware that's also communicated that to me to be like, this is what's happening. This is what's going down. So, you know, et cetera, like give me some space and it's much more helpful you know, from the partner standpoint that's here. But it's been pretty cool to just witness you go through and implement all these things. Thanks. Awesome. But you can get this at katenorther.com forward slash planner. Yes. So the planner is here. We do have a limited quantity and you need to get your planner if you're in the United States by July 21st in order to be part of something exciting that we're doing, which is a group planner blessing with a weekly planning ritual led by me on Sunday, August 2nd. So we will all gather up with our planners. We will bless them together and I will walk you through how to use the planner with the Sunday weekly planning ritual together. And that is a practice that I live by. I swear by in terms of not only expanding my capacity to be with what is, but also expanding my capacity to be effective and calm and relaxed and productive and all of it. So for international customers, because you just said with the United States, you can still order the planners. The planner is still available and will ship to you. It's just from a shipping perspective with international orders since COVID has hit. I have seen shipping rates all over the place. Like nothing is predictable going to, especially you to mean Europe. shipping times. Ship, yeah. What did I say? You said rates. Oh yeah. Shipping times. Sorry. 
just like going to Europe used to take like a week and now it's there's some people that takes up to a month. Yeah. So like we it's just, just really all over the place. We're just saying in the United States, if you order by July 21st, you can have your planner in time for the blessing. If you are not in the United States and you don't have your planner by then, you can still come to the blessing, mm-hmm. but you still have to order it by the 21st in order to be included in that blessing event. Mm-hmm. I'm so excited to have this thing out in the world again. We do have a limited quantity, as I said. So head over to katenorthup.com forward slash planner. We also added to the planner collection a supplemental daily energy tracker. So in the physical planner, there are 90 days, which is a quarter of the daily energy tracker. And for people who love that tool, you can now buy supplements in 90 day amount so you could buy the rest to have you know keep it by your bedside that's what i do the daily energy tracker we also created a supplement of the daily renewable planner so for those of you who love the 24 hour clock look circle of the day that is a concept that is as far as i know the do less planner is the first one to actually have the day as a circle. And the the big physical do less planner does not have every single day of the daily renewable planner, which is the day as a circle, because many of our planner users, including myself, use like Google Calendar or Outlook or iCal to actually schedule their days. But for those who want that, you can now get 90 days worth at a time of the circle the day as a circle so that's available we also have stickers so if you are a diehard with another planner but you want to add a cyclical aspect to it you can get our lunar cycle and menstrual cycle stickers so you can mark up your own planner and then we have just some cool bundles of the different aspects of the planner and the different products in the in the collection put together in different ways so go over to the website katenorthup.com forward slash planner check out the whole collection we're so excited and i can't honestly we are headed into the second half of the year we just hit the halfway mark and our planner is undated so now is a great time to start i know that july is not typically the time that one would promote a planner but this has not been a typical year so now it feels like as good of a time as ever to ground into the wisdom of your body, the cosmos, your mind, body, soul to tap into what you really need to be focused on, what you don't need to be focused on and how you can make the most out of what you got. Thanks for listening. Bye. What if there was a time management system that was actually designed for the way your body works to support your superpowers and get in the flow as opposed to going against the flow for how your body works. Now there is. It's called the Do Less Planner and it is available now in limited quantities. Head over to dolessplanner.com and get yours while supplies last. dolessplanner.com